Welcome to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. My name is Amanda Fisher, the Cashflow Queen and author of Unscramble Your Numbers. Welcome to episode five of the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Today I'm talking with Nick Ari from Dexterous Accounting about bookkeeping. Nick, welcome to the podcast. And just to get us started, tell me a little bit about yourself and Dexterous. Thanks, Amanda. Um, yeah, look, Dexterous started uh, almost three years ago now and, and um, is the a culmination of, I guess, the, the hard work put in from James uh, and, and myself over the years and also our great team. So we've got a, um, we've grown very quickly. Um, we've got a, a team of about 40 across two countries now. Um, and I guess the, the, the mandate for us as a business is to, to really get bookkeeping as simple as it can be and make it as efficient as it can be for our customers. Um, so we... We leverage, uh, we, we like to think we can provide cost-effective solution to our customers and that's through um, utilising our, our, our global workforce and also leveraging the technology that exists in the market. So, you know, we keep things simple. We have a fixed fee. Um, we, we work well with your in-house finance team, um, you know, at a, at a more senior level um, and also virtual CFOs. So we've got a, a kind of a, a nook for ourselves and that is, you know, as I said, looking to to really provide businesses with peace of mind that the, the bookkeeping is up to date, it's accurate. Um, there's an efficient system in there and it, it, it takes as little as of the, um, the the internal resources time as possible, the business owner's time. Um, you know, the, the, the time we might save the, the businesses uh, of a finance manager um, means that, that that time can be spent providing more value-add tangible financial advice. Um, and that's where the, I guess businesses like to spend their, their capital where they can get real tangible value from that finance function. Absolutely, and I think it's the one. It's one one of one of the probably a couple of areas, but it's one of the biggest areas I think that most business owners really don't enjoy doing, and and kind of put it off to the last minute. So having somebody that's looking after it for them is is so vital. And I have to say, I'm 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 gobsmacked with how many team members you've got and how quickly you've grown <laughs> in three years. That is. Absolutely amazing! Well done. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's it, it has grown quickly, and it's you don't often get time to stop and reflect. But it's um it's only kind of in these these sorts of conversations you sit back and and look at it, and you know it hasn't hasn't been a a really targeted plan to grow as quick as we have. I think we've just matched you know resources with clients and and grown relatively organically. Um, you know we we kind of as I said we've got a, a firm mandate to keep things simple and and provide you know, a cost-effective solution and, and leverage technology. And, you know, the technology is going to change the, the landscape. And so I guess we just combine those two two forces, if you like. Um, and, and there seems to be a, a growing appetite in the uh, in the industry or, you know, across industries for, for that sort of help. Yeah, and, I, and, and certainly there's no question the technology is completely changing the game. And I don't think you're old enough, but I'm old enough to remember doing – uh, ledgers manually. We had, you know, it was before mainframe computers, before long before PCs were even heard of, or laptops or other devices, and we did it by hand. And it's like when I look back at the the leaps and bounds and the time saving that 
all those different changes have made over time. And I mean, they've been you know, step by step over over some decades. And then the last sort of five, ten years has been a massive leap forward. It's just, just incredible. But just going back, I'm really curious, why the name Dexterous? <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my business partner, James, will probably ask you the same question. He's, he's, a, he's a fan of it now, but he wasn't to begin with. I, uh, I think we just had a brainstorming session, um, you know, back when we were, we were trying to think of the name and the tagline. And um, we looked at, you know, multitasking and, and, and the, I think we went through a thesaurus and there was a droid and we're like, nah, I don't really like that. And we saw dexterous and dexterity and, and it kind of just resonated, to be honest. Um, and, and, you know, it just, it, it, it went from there. I think, you know, James wanted something like Sprout, <laughs> um, which, which didn't get any traction with me. But um, it, it, as I said, I think he was, he was reluctant at first. He, he's, he's come on board and now he actually likes the name. So it was, uh, yeah, look, it seems to it seems to work now. And then we, we you know, got our tagline, make it grow through a, uh, we engaged some examples with our branding early on. Um, you know, we're, we're accountants at the end of the day. Um, so having that more creative kind of, uh, you know, um, statement to, to go along with the business name was something that we wanted some guidance with. We didn't want to just be a, we don't see ourselves as that traditional accounting and bookkeeping firm. We like to think we're progressive and we're, we're constantly trying to stay ahead of the curve and evolve as a business. And I think, um, you know, we want to help our business, our, our clients grow as much as we want to grow ourselves. So um, that's how it all came together. Right. And, and you're accountants, but yet you focus on the bookkeeping. That obviously was a I'm guessing, and I'm, I guess I'm asking the question, that was a conscious decision at that stage when you started up to focus on the bookkeeping? Yeah, I think it, I think it was. I think we, we obviously, um, we have, you know, a team based in the Philippines and we had we had some bookkeepers and accountants, but I think, you know, the bookkeeping forwards, forms the bedrock of that finance function and and without some solid bookkeeping, the accountant struggles to do their job and then the financial advisors, uh, you know, again, struggle to, to do, do theirs and provide the insight. So I think, you know, we've kind of started from the ground up as a, um, with our business approach and, and, and looked at that bookkeeping work and looked at how we can leverage the systems and, and really kind of, um, you know, give, give our customers peace of mind that, that if their bookkeeping is under control, they're, 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 you know, they're a third of the way there and, you know, two thirds of the way there. I think it's, um, and, and so that, and an extension of that now is that, you know, we are becoming more accountants with the management reporting work that we're doing and, and building financial dashboards for our clients and, and our offshore team, they're, um, they're, you know, they're bookkeepers today, they're accountants tomorrow. And, and, you know, in the future with automation, they'll, you know, we want to drive towards them being management accountants, um, you know, getting, getting, providing more insight, um, into what the numbers, I think the, the, the longer we're in business, the, the more I have an appreciation that the numbers do tell a story. And that's where, you know, people like yourself, Amanda, really come come to to a forefront because you you help the business understand what the story is the business is telling you based on the numbers and that and that's and that's one of my one of my lines is yeah seeing through the numbers to the stories they tell and but so so continuing on that line then is what's the where do you see the the delineation between bookkeeping and accounting function because i think there's there's a confusion a bit in the marketplace now about as to what the bookkeeper does as opposed to what the accountant does. How do you how do you see that, or how do you manage that? It's a very good question, you know. And I, and I think for me, the the bookkeeping is that that at its core is that basic reconciliation process. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's that daily, weekly, whatever the frequency needs to be, that reconciliation of the debits and credits in the bank account, um, you know, looking at uh, your accounts payable, take, inputting some invoices, um, you know, for your accounts payable. So then, then I guess the accountant then steps in at month end and says, okay, look, where are we at? Let's take up some accruals based on what was here last month, this month. Okay, there's some things missing um, that were there last month that aren't this month, you know, is, is that expected if not uh to need to chase something down um and then can convert them into management reports um and then can maybe have that conversation with the finance manager um or you know someone, someone more senior or the business owner uh depending on the size of the organization so i guess you know the the everyone's putting pressure on you know everyone's trying to probably push themselves up the value chain and, and so from a bookkeeper point of view that that kind of means the bookkeeper is probably now also looking at some month-end journals um, you know, in some accruals and some cross-charge between entities and these sorts of things. So they're probably encroaching on that accountant space. And, and I guess the, um, you know, there's, there's bookkeepers, bookkeeping businesses who are best agents. And, and so, you know, there's the, the extension of accounting role is probably to have more of a compliance focus, whereas probably historically the bookkeeper might have just been that, that, that pure debits and credits and that more account, that, that more uh, reconciliation piece. Um, so it, it is it is a hard one to articulate. And, and look, to be honest, in, our, in, in kind of some of our, you know, websites, uh, you know, updates to the website. It's always we kind of sit back and struggle to really crystallize where one stops and finishes. And I think, you know, a really good bookkeeper can, can probably perform the role of the accountant and, 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 and often does. And I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's funny. It's people stepping on each other's toes, I think, you know, across the, the board. And I think it's, it's hard to articulate the difference to a, um, to a client who might not be financially minded. Um, when, when we, people who are accountants and bookkeepers, kind of struggle to, to, to find that clear cutoff point. That, that's right. And, and I think the other area where there's a, 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 a blurring of the lines now is looking at cash flow and, you know, is the expectation that the bookkeeper does project cash flow and kind of go, well, you know, I expect you to get this much money in the bank this month, you know, this is what the bills you can pay or you've got this much money in the account, I think you should pay these bills and being kind of more involved in that day-to-day cash flow process, which I think accountants sometimes think that's what they should be doing, although, you know, the compliance accounts definitely don't have time to be doing it because they're too busy doing, you know, tax returns and things. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's it and that's where it's, I think it, to be honest, I, I almost think it, it comes down to the individual. You know that that individual bookkeeper and on on an individual level, you know how how capable are them, them doing that compliance, helping with the compliance piece, or helping with the cash flow. And if if they've if they've proven themselves to be someone that can can manage the day to day cash flow requirements, then 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 they should go for it. You know, if the, if the client's happy and, and the, they're, worth, they're worth their weight in gold, and they can start doing exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. exactly <laughs> right. You know, and, and I guess it's a, from a price point to the client, it's probably at a more palatable price point than a traditional accountant. Um, but you know the the accountant again, then they could step into to you know some more cash flow forecasting. You know the the bookkeeper might look at more the day to day management and some kind of you know zero to, to thirty day look um, work, and then the, the accountant can step in and say, well, okay, look, what is our three month forecast here? What's what's on the horizon? And and maybe look at some more you know ad hoc project related work. So utilization and profitability rates per division or per employee, so they can get their hands kind of dirty with that more, um, you know, some more, some more in-depth analysis at that level. Um, you know, I guess the, and the bookkeeper can focus on just like the overall P&L view, um, you know, with the reconciliation work and, and then the accountant could then, you know, an extension of their role could be to, to help the business more intimately at a, at a more in-depth level and understand some more of the drivers. So it's a, it's a more business conversation. 
Um, so you, you're kind of combining that that accounting knowledge and that that um, that strong bookkeeping base to have a more business conversation, and and then you know um, what does it actually what does it actually mean? How can we what, what reports can I help you with? To, to, to give you a better a different lens on the business and that's when the, you know someone like yourself could come in as well and, and help them more strategically and say well okay what does this mean for the greater business now you know it's great we've got all this data but what does it actually mean so what to you is the right time for a business to get a bookkeeper is it from day one from the beginning or or when they get a certain volume of transactions or kind of what do you think is the right time for people to start thinking about Getting an external bookkeeper to help. Look, it's a, it's a million dollar question, and I think it's it, it comes. I don't think it's a revenue number. I don't. I think it probably comes down to a, a, a you know how much. There's only twenty four hours in a day, and, and you don't want to spend all those hours working. And so it comes down to like the bandwidth, you know, of, of the the business owner. You know, they can, you can start a business, and often a business owner starts business because they've got a great idea, um, and then they find out this whole world of compliance and bookkeeping that they didn't really sign up for, but has to be done. And so. You know, you can go to a, a zero platform, and and you can you can kind of find your way around. It's very very intuitive, and and you know you can get by for a little bit, um, and then you know when you find yourself maybe on a Saturday morning or you know eight o'clock on a on a on a weeknight when you traditionally kind of you know catching up with your your, your friends or family, you're doing bookkeeping because you're so far behind and you need to get your best done. That's probably at the point where it's like, well is this the best use of my time? You know, I think it's, we're involved in a lot of conversations, you know, at the moment or these days. And it's, how does the business owner value their time? You know, what's the opportunity cost? You know, if 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 a bookkeeper is $80 and their time is valued at $120 an hour or $150 an hour, notionally, then they probably shouldn't be spending an hour doing bookkeeping. They should just hire a bookkeeper. Um, but, you know, it comes down to opportunity cost versus real cost. You know, and and the opportunity cost isn't is a real dollar paid. So, um, you know, I kind of I think for for a while there, I've, I've I've had conversations with clients along the way, and and you know, you talk to them on on you know about what I've just mentioned, and um, you kind of you bang your head against the wall a little bit because they're like, yeah, I need this, I need this, and then that you just can't get them across the line. And I think what I've learned now is that. Um, they've they've got to come to that decision in their own time. You know, all I can do is provide them with that kind of that soundbite, um, and and then step away. You know, it's it's um it's not worth it's not worth my you know it's not worth uh, they don't want me calling them up you know once every couple of weeks or once a month replying the same message. You know, they 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 understand what I'm saying to them, but they're just not ready to commit. And so, um, you know, you can't kind of force a round peg into a square hole type type thing. And I think it, at the end of the day, I think it's the individual who will say, well. It's okay. It's now the third week in a row. I'm doing booking my Saturday morning. I'd rather be, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. I probably just need to call that bookkeeper, and, and then, and then before you know it, you know, I think in business you, you spend money to make money, and and before you know it, they've got that time on that Saturday, Thursday morning back. They're coming to work the next day refreshed, not not having the the bookkeeping hanging over their head, um, and and they feel like they can give more to the revenue side of the business or to other parts of the business that is where they should be operating, um, ideally. So I guess that probably doesn't answer your question um so but, but specifically yeah, it's an interesting exercise because i think from my perspective yeah you're right they have to come to a realization themselves that you know what i really can outsource it and i think a lot of people no matter how much how well we frame the value mm. until they do it they don't get it and i yeah. i remember a client that i actually wanted to convert onto zero who was using myb the old desktop version mm. and he resisted and resisted for about three years and eventually 
you know, I guess I wore him down because <laughs> um, I kept going on and on about how he needed to change and it would be so much better yep. and so much easier and so much yep. quicker. And then within a month of changing over, it was, Amanda, why didn't I listen to you when you first told me about this three yep. years ago? Yep. And I'm going, yeah, why didn't you listen to me three years ago? Yeah. Um, because this is so much easier, et cetera, yep. et cetera, et cetera. But I think the other thing from my angle is I like people to start, when they start in, out in business to do it themselves to start with because I think for me it gives them that that understanding of of the money coming in, the money going out, what it means, the bank balance, have yeah. I got enough money, haven't I got, what's happening and it gives them just that that grounding in the finance even though it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the rocket science, it's not top of the end fancy stuff but it's just enough then that, when they then do delegate and, and appoint a bookkeeper to look after it, that they've got some understanding already of, of what of what that involves. So I think for me that's that's one of the advantages of saying, you know, do it until it gets too much. You've got too much volume, you've got too much other work, you, you know, you're doing it at 8 o'clock at night or a Saturday morning when you'd rather be out with the family or friends and then we need to, that's the time we need to, to swap you across. Um, and that's and that's exactly right. I think, you know, there's there's no, I don't think you need to, you definitely need to engage a bookkeeper from day one. I think it's something that, you know, I, I say, you know, you set up a zero that way everything is all in one system. It's one source of truth. It's easy for your accountant at year end. So that's, you know, at the very least, I say get yourself an A accounting system, um, preferably in the cloud. So it's just a, it's a lot easier to, to use. Um, it, it and, don't use and, spreadsheets, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, you know, spreadsheets, they're prone to transposition errors and, and the odd human error or typo. And it's it's just, it's fraught with danger. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the accounting system, you can get, you know, zero packages or, you know, QuickBooks or these sorts of things for like, you know, that's from twenty dollars a month. You know, and it's a it's a small price to pay to have all your information in the one place, and and you're forced to to think about what that transaction was went through the bank account. You're not you're not going the other way where you don't really know. I can't remember what the bank account transaction was, and maybe we'll just ignore it, and you just got an Excel spreadsheet, and um, maybe the bank doesn't reconcile, and and, and so it's just it exposes other errors. Um, so I think, yeah, you're right. I think I think it's good for the business owner to do it themselves, gives them an understanding and appreciation of, I guess, what's involved and. Because their their business, their baby, I think for the for, for the business owner who starts set up their own business, so they want to be close to it. Um, I think in the early days, I remember I checked zero probably seven or eight times a day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, we're all, we've all been guilty of doing that in, the, in, in early days and, yeah. and and keeping track. And yes, it is their baby, and letting go of parts of it is is difficult. I think that's the other part of it. So the next logical question from that is is the big challenge that business owners have in finding a good bookkeeper and knowing a good bookkeeper from a bad one, do you have any suggestions on what to what they should be looking for in finding you know, a reputable, what I would call a good bookkeeper? Um, I've certainly seen my fair share of bad bookkeeping over the year. Um, yeah, any tips on kind of you know, what to look for? I think I think trust your Trust your gut instinct. Um, you know, definitely meet with the bookkeeper. You know, if not in person, definitely over the phone and and, and get a feel for how they operate, what other clients they service. Um, ask for some client testimonials. Ask to speak to one of their current clients, or or you know, if they can refer to some testimonials. Um, you know, I think it's I think that's that's kind of it's effectively like an employee getting an employee. You kind of do some reference checks. Um, 
because to a business owner who's not close to the numbers, they can easily be taken for a ride from a from a let's call it a rogue bookkeeper for want of a better expression. And I think it's it's you know do the research that you know the the beauty of online platforms these days is there's this ultimate transparency. And so um, you know I wouldn't say there's there's uh, you know there's there's reviews through Google reviews or Facebook reviews and these sorts of things or um, you know ask ask friends and family. You know I think uh, word of mouth is is how we definitely get a lot of our referrals and and you know everyone. Everyone probably generally knows someone who has a business or had a business and, um, you know, speaking to your friends and family, who, who they would recommend, um, I think is a, a good protocol as well because you can you can read almost too much into online forums um, and online reviews and, and look, businesses from time to time might get a bad review and, um, you know, there's, is that is it should you read too much into that, yes or no? You know, you can kind of, you can see five good reviews and one bad review and would that make a business, would that make you decide to turn away from that business, yes or no? And, and so... Um, you know, there's context to, to 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 reviews, good or bad. Um, so I think I think look, it's it's yes. Speak to family, friends, word of mouth. Um, ask for ask for some kind of to speak to some current clients, get a feel for. Um, you know, just get a get a good feeling, and then you know, trust trust your gut instinct, and um, and then go from there. Yeah, I think uh, I think too often we don't trust our gut instinct, and and uh, to to our to our detriment in in all areas of of life in various ways that that's uh, one and I and yeah the, the the bad reviews online sometimes it's sometimes it's the fact that the person doesn't understand what the bookkeeper is doing in this case what the bookkeeper is doing or what their role is or what they were undertook to do and and so their experience is a bad experience because they haven't understood and I think that's another area that's always a challenge in the bookkeeping accounting function that you know most people don't understand what it is we do so that, that sometimes the expectation levels are a little different because there is that lack of understanding and that's what and that's you know one thing that we we always do is that we set the expectation from the front so we're very clear on what what our if it's a one off piece of work it's like well this is what we'll do and then and then you know happy to talk to that about you know more if 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 you'd like more work done um but i think it's it's been clear on that expectation because you're right i think there's um you know it it it's it, uh having an expectation gap um doesn't end well for for the client or the or the you know the bookkeeper at the end of the day but i think with the, the one final comment actually just on the in terms of us thinking with the how to get a good bookkeeper is you'll have an accountant so you know when you go to your accountant year in just ask them just say oh You've seen a few bookkeepers. Um, how do you think my bookkeeper's going? You know, so yeah, um, just get that. You, they're going to look at your accounts. They can come provide some feedback on what they what they uh, what their thoughts are on yep. the bookkeeper as well. Yep. So very true. Yeah. My next question for you is: What's your favourite business app, and why? And how do you use it? And that could be any, that could be anything. Yeah. Look, I think for us, it's probably Asana at the moment. Um, okay. So Asana is is a project management tool, and and I guess how we use it internally is we have all our clients and our clients' deliverables on Asana. Um, for for some of our clients, um, we've we've shared the the the, the project if if you like, um, so they've got full visibility of what the staff are doing and when they're doing it and who it's assigned to and what the due date is and what what's happening and when it's happening. So. Um, you know, we don't we don't give that to all clients because we you know we, we can if they want it, but I think it's it's you can you can run the risk of over communicating, um, and people get enough emails these days. You are uh, you're conscious of not hitting them up with uh, another email just to tell you that Shani's done a bank rec, for example. Um, so I think it's you know Asana is it, it gives visibility you know for everyone internally um, of of 
what the staff are, are doing, what, what their weekly, daily, monthly deliverables are. Um, you know, there's a clear audit trail. You can check completed tasks versus uncompleted tasks. As I said, there's visibility and transparency, which is what I what we, what we really like about it as a business. And, and as I said, it, it, it forms the bedrock of our, of our, uh, of our workflow. Um, so, you know, workflow meetings internally are based off that, that system. Um, so that's, that's what's working for us at the moment. Um, you know, we're always on the lookout, you know, for us internally or, you know, for our clients for, to advise on better ways of working, whether it's, um, strictly in the finance function or otherwise. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, Asana seems to be, is probably the, the pick of them, uh, at the moment. Yeah. Excellent. I, I, I do use it myself and I, I'm loving it. So yeah, oh, it's, yeah. uh, it's yeah. one of those, well, it's always interesting to hear what other people are, are using. Just coming towards the end of our, our chat here, and I've got two more questions. One is, if you were to recommend to our listeners one business book that's made an impact on you, what would that be? I guess for me, I read a book recently on uh, four tendencies. Uh, it's Gretchen Rubin, um, and, and it talks about – it was more – talking about the different personalities or you know, people's tendencies um, – and and kind of it gives you more of an appreciation for how people operate and and how to deal with stakeholders uh, whether internally or or externally. Um, and I, I look, I, I found it, it, it very insightful. It kind of it talks about people's ability to meet internal expectations and also external expectations. And as an example for me, uh, I think that the term they used for me was an obliger. And what does that mean? It means that. I'm great at meeting external expectations, um, but I, but I might struggle to meet my internal expectations. And and um, what that means is that if I say to myself, I'm going to go to the gym five times this week, I'll probably get to day two, and and I'll say to myself, oh, it's been a long day in the office. Maybe I'll just go on Thursday instead of tomorrow. <laughs> um, and before you know it, that 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 plan to go five days in a row is quickly whittled to going once, and then and then oh, it's things pop up, and you kind of you you, you drop the ball. Um, and and I but but you know if there's a client deadline or if there's an internal deadline at work, and and I'm 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 being held accountable, um, you know to 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 a client or or internally, then then that's that's I don't miss those deadlines, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think, okay, I guess, and then, you know, there's, there's the opposite. There's, there's someone who will always question, um, you know, ask a lot of questions and, and might be not so good at meeting those external expectations. Um, and so, yeah, look, it, it talks about people falling into to four kind of quadrants and, um, yeah, look, it, it really resonated with me. And when we, took the, when we, we flew up and saw the team, um, about two months ago, I went through the exercise with them because I think it's important that, you know, as the business grows, you know, you, you you need to work find a, find a way to to manage different um, you know personalities and different people and whether that's as I said with um, internal employees or uh, with with customers you know I think of being around three years now I've met a lot of customers and and you know not all not every person I've met is is a, is a customer now um, but you kind of you learn you kind of you, you get a feel for different situations and 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 the experience and then you kind of I go into a situation now and and I. I quickly, you know, uh, say to myself, okay, this is probably the business owner who um, opportunity cost versus real cost. Um, they're probably um, they're probably not ready to commit just yet, so I'll just do what we need to do. And um, yeah, look, it, it more focuses on 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 how that person might operate and what drives them. Um, so as I said, there's a, a lot of key takeaways. It was a very you know very easy read. Um, you know, it's not a it's not a difficult read by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just look, it it, it resonated um, definitely with me and and so done a lot of training and sessions internally. Awesome. I, I haven't heard of that one, so I'm going to have to pull that one out and have a read of it. Thank you. Thank you. 
And just to finish up, what's the one piece of advice you'd give to our listeners to help them with their cash flow? Help them with cash flow. So I guess, um, you know, have a have a system in place. So um, whether that's a, um, through through having a, an automatic cash flow model or, or whether it's just knowing where your, your big outgoings and, in, uh, you know, receivables are going to come in, I think it's it's have a time in your week uh, or your month or your fortnight, depending on how, how you know, big the business is to to spend the time to to map out what your your big outgoings are and what your when your big receivables are due because um, you don't want to you know cash is cash is king as we all know and and um, you know many profitable businesses have, have gone out of business because they just don't have the cash you know and and I think it's um, you need to stay on top of the cash flow because you need to look at what cash flow strategies you need to implement whether it's discounting uh, on on some bigger invoices to get them paid earlier. Um, and, and as I said, it's people as a rule, you know, you, you push out your creditors as long as you can um, and you, you bring in your, your debtors um, as much as you can. So I think it's, it's having a system. It's, it's, it's being diligent, setting the, the time aside each, each week or each fortnight to, to really focus on where, the, you know, where, where, where your, your current state of play is at. You know, are people overdue? Um, do they just need a, a phone call? Um, you know, is there, is there um, you know, c- can we, can we, uh, you know, when's our next big outgoing? Can we push that back? Um, you know, definitely businesses in a, in a selling a product, they want to have to, you know, pay 50% up front before they can get their sales. So they obviously cash flow is very important there. You know, service-based businesses, obviously, um, you know, you're, you're, you've got wage costs to pay on a fortnightly, weekly basis, but your invoicing terms. Um, so, so I guess look at your invoicing terms, um, assess the appropriateness of them um, is, is another thing. Um, these are all strategies, but I think at, the, at its crux, I think you just need to, to stay close to it um, because um, some customers yeah. might just need a phone call just to, to prompt them or, you know, the invoice might have gone to the wrong email address, um, you know, or an, someone who's left inbox and it might just be sitting there. So not everyone is not paying because they they, uh, they, they don't want to pay um, or they want it stretched out. There, there might be other pause or reasons why people haven't paid you in the, in the time frame, but um, unless you're on top of it, um, you know, that one week can turn to two weeks to three weeks. And then um, before you know it, you might have missed their monthly pay run and it might have to wait till next month. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it's spend the, devote the time, you know, it, it's an hour a week, an hour a fortnight, whatever it might have, has to be. Um, and just, you know, focus on the, the I guess, the, the bigger customers um, that will really drive the, the, you know, the a tangible shift in the cash flow. Um, you know, I guess it's that cost first benefit exercise. Um, you're probably not going to chase everyone um, who owes you money um, because some will owe you $1,000, others will owe you $10,000, um, you know. So focus on your, your your key customers in terms of dollar size. Make sure you've got, um, a, you know, a plan in place to when you're going to receive that uh, and you've got peace of mind that, that it's going to be received when they've said and, and then um, just stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, that, I yeah. think that's the, the the guts of that. Yeah, keep it, keep an eye on it, stay on top of it, and uh, and that can make a, a big difference. Look, I thank you very much, Nick, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. For anyone wanting to find out more about Nick and Dexterous, the information will be in the show notes on how on the website and contact details for him. Thank you so much again, Nick, for for being on the podcast, and uh, I'll see you next time. Great, thanks, Amanda. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get notifications of upcoming episodes so that you don't miss any. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.